Bayern Larve Bailar Shops and Preds Podcast Ininin Bashka Beer Bulaminen Hushka Gaidinis. <laughs> Last week it was Danish. Wie bitte? This Danish. week. This week. This might be a curveball for you. <laughs> God. Here's here's a hint. Not for Matt and Tyler, but for our loyal listeners. We don't know either, so the it is a hint for us. The capital of this nation <laughs> has changed names over time. Think about that. That narrows oh, it down for you. It, that makes it too easy. Um, <laughs> All right. <laughs> I, 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 will, I, said, I, I have to say, Danish, just for the audience here, Danish is the hardest language in Europe because... No, the hardest language is Russian. Those motherfuckers go. Well, that's 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 acrylic, and that's that's why it's hard. It's it's not hard because of the language. Yeah, yes, because Danish has triphthongs, and none of the other Scandinavian languages have that. If you don't know what a triphthong is, it's the union of three letters into one sound, which makes speaking incredibly hard. Union of three letters into one sound. Correct. All other Scandinavian languages only have diphthongs, which is the union of two letters into one sound. And German has a lot of single like things, like the, like the A with the two dots and the U, the umlauts, which is just interesting. Yeah, interesting. Well, there you go. There's a little uh, linguistics lesson. Now let's get into fucking CFL. Can you imagine living in Europe and you have to know a bunch of different languages? It would be just my absolute nightmare. It'd be like, it'd be, it'd be, it'd be, it'd be like country uh, in the world. I'll never leave. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, Do you know the yeah, English North, think the North same America thing? for the win? Yeah, well, you were said, just telling us a story about going to a place where you, they didn't speak the actual language. The, oh, the, like, the language being you mean English. like Quebec? You mean like Quebec? Hello? I don't go to Quebec. I oh, okay. don't go to Quebec. Okay. Yeah, he's he doesn't participate in that province. With that being said, I do. I will say before we get going, I do greatly respect the Quebecois. Yeah, everywhere, everywhere else has given up the ghost, and you know, I don't know if you go to Edmonton that people speak French in any, in any sort of real capacity. Forty-two percent can carry a conversation in French. I don't believe that. That seems way high, but I do remember being in Montreal. And only being spoken to in French. Being looked down. <laughs> like a serious, they're really, yes. so I, I respect them a great deal. Like that's how I would be if, if a, a bunch of, if the French like had really, I don't know. I don't know how it would have happened. But if the U.S. was overtaken by a bunch of French speakers, I yes. would be the one that like, nope, <laughs> like you're in my dojo, you'll speak English. So I respect him a great deal. Interesting. Well, guys, we have kicked this pot off on a couple of great areas. But what we want to bring it back to is CFL football because that's why we're here. That's why the listener's here. Um, and specifically what we're going to be doing this week is we're going to be playing a little bit what if. And by what if, we are all going to take a turn saying what if one thing from this CFL season had changed. What if this was different? What if that was different? And how we see affecting how we see that affecting the season. We're then going to get into league leaders. We're going to give a little update on or a little review of how we predicted 
uh, league leaders at the beginning of the season. So we're going to see if any of us are close to cashing in on those preds uh, now that we're in the penultimate week of the season. And then, of course, week 20 preds. As I just said, we have two weeks left of the regular season. Um, I could not be more excited. Things are closing in. Uh, people are clinching. There's only one playoff spot up for grabs anymore. That's going to be the third spot in the East. Um, and there's a lot to play for. That being said, let's get into a little game of what if. Uh, there were a lot of things that popped out to me. Um, Matt and Tyler, I'm sure you felt the same. I don't want to ruin anybody's party. And if this is yours, certainly you can go first. But the biggest one for me was uh, Nathan Rourke. Hmm. What if he didn't get injured? Hmm. Uh, but I'll kick us off because that's not the one I chose. That's you can't, no, 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 no. You can't well, get two. You oh, that's your... not one. No, no, no. That's not. I feel like that's not even one. That's well, what the if that was one of ours? One. Oh, okay. Who picked that? Oh, I didn't, but you already used one. <laughs> Oh, I didn't realize I was using one. I thought I was introducing the obvious. You just said so the biggest can... what if is what if Nathan Rourke didn't get injured. Yes, that is the biggest. So that's <laughs> yeah, not that's the one yours. I'm using. <laughs> okay, I think you have to wait your turn. All right, I will wait in the queue with a really good one. <laughs> okay. Matt. All right, Tyler, I'll go. Mm-hmm. Uh, the big what if. Imagine a world. Okay. Where Garrett Marino was oh, never born. <laughs> Is that yours, Tyler? Not, not, not that. But uh, imagine. Do you want me to do mine? Because I was going to do that one. Yeah. So I, I mean, it, imagine a world where imagine Garrett Marino doesn't a, hurt uh, Jeremiah Masoli. No, no. Imagine. Well, that, well, that so that is mine. So I'll do it. So yeah. up to this point, and I said we, we, I think we all said early, you know, as the Garrett Marino situation was going on. It was clear that th- that situation was emblematic and maybe a sort of catalyst for problems within the locker room in Saskatchewan. So, up until that point, Saskatchewan was three and one. They won that game to push them to four and one. But that was kind of a devil's bargain because then they went on to go two and eight in their last ten. Yes. And so, like, there's a clear break between. Garrett Marino, you know, taking Jeremiah Masoli out for the year. That that is the separator between good sketch and bad sketch. The shitstorm that ensued. Absolutely. God, I so, didn't realize it was. I mean, I knew it, but I guess when you put it, yeah, that was such Four a stark contrast. Up to that game, up up to and including that game, two and eight after, and then, you know, if you look at the red black season now. Up to that point, they had lost to BC once and Winnipeg twice in close games. Uh, Jeremiah Masoli was, you know, he had uh, not huge, 1,000 yards in four games, three and a half, uh, two touchdowns, two interceptions, uh, 92.1 uh, passer rating. Nothing crazy, but, you know, a a, a, a solid effort, and they, they played well against two Really good teams. Obviously the best teams in the league, even up till now. Um, since then, uh, Caleb Evans and uh, Nick Arbuckle Starbuckle. have combined for 10 touchdowns and 21 interceptions. Ooh! <laughs> okay. And, uh, I, that and, is hurtful. You know, 
they uh, currently Red Blacks are at the bottom of uh, well they have a game in hand against the, against Edmonton, but they're tied with Edmonton at the bottom of the the league. Um, so you know, and, and Ottawa hadn't been playing really well up till then, but in couple terms of good of losses there, some good losses, and and there have been some good wins and good losses, but other than the Elks, they haven't beaten a Eastern Division team, or sorry, a Western Division team since that Week Five matchup, um, and they've grabbed they grabbed two against Alouettes and one against um, the uh, the Argonauts, so. That really, a team that we thought showed promise. I know, John, you and I had them high-ish, middle of the road on our power rankings. Might have been hyped about them. Early in the year, we (laughs) we felt good. Masoli, we thought, was playing well. So getting into the the groove, especially considering the 2021 season. Uh, But then it's just been, they've been out of it since then, completely out of it. So if Garrett Moreno's never born... We've got a Saskatchewan Hamilton or Saskatchewan Ottawa Grey Cup. You know, we're ready for it. I love that. Take. <laughs> I love that we're living in that world. I'm just having the, the best time. Okay, not... does that raise the question though? Bear with me. I know we don't want to think this way, but is Garrett Marino was he a key to their success? No, they're being so bad with him on the back end. Did no, the the, the, the suspension the, and then no. exodus. No, lead no. to this. No, downfall. Nope. The, the, I, I think there's something. I th- there I think has there's a, to be something. I think to there's be said a little bit that. to it. I think you've got to think of it not as he was the reason, um, but having Garrett Marino on the squad was the devil's bargain. While you've got him on the squad, you're always playing with fire. It's like it's like the monkey's paw. I want to go. I want to win the, the you know all my games. I want to go undefeated. Monkey paw curls. You go undefeated, but you've got a lunatic on your squad. And then the big monkey paw. He injures a star quarterback, and then your season is a racist. It's done. Is a racist. Doesn't yeah. have proper grammar. Yeah, it's just. I don't problem. know which is the biggest sin. So yeah, I think I think that's what it was. I think he was their Jonah, and because they didn't jettison him right away. They that. they failed the test, right? They got exposed. So, they got exposed. That locker room got exposed. There, it, it was exposed indeed. that there was no leaders in this in this entire organization. Oh, no, in, no in leaders. Issue. We're going to talk more about that in Preds, but they're still just doing things on a weekly basis that make no sense. <laughs> it's just like, it's whatever. It's the perception that Sketch is like one of the more stable orgs with like good like like it was something that was absolutely shattered with the Garrett Moreno incident. I don't want to do the rehash the Garrett Moreno thing for my what what if, but I mean just to speak to 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 yours. I mean, it just shattered any illusions that we had that like Cody Fajardo is like a leader and these guys really respect him and he kind of controls that clubhouse. Or that like Dickinson's got the ear of the players and like you know, he's been there for he's been there for a long time and you know the players really like respect him. I, he whatever respect. You think it was bad when he said we're a bad team? Yeah, not a, not I've I've heard better things said by coaches. Like the before. thing is like, like even if you are bad, you don't you don't you don't say it. No, like that like not like that not like that at least without not without any like uh, with nuance to it. We're just like. We're bad at this. We need. To, this is what we need to address. You say it if you're like Mike O'Shea. If next season 
the Bombers start off 0-4 and he says we're a bad team, I feel like you're like, yeah, I bet he has a locker room of guys that have won with him, I respect him. He's probably able to say that. Like uh, Craig Dickinson saying that, no disrespect, he's been in the league a long time, he's paid his dues, but it's like, whoa, you've got like a team that, like you said, like you feel like does not have is not in lockstep in terms of their team vision. And then you're going to go and just say, oh, yeah, we suck. That seemed like one of the weirdest things. Yeah, <laughs> God, man, yeah. what a great call. What a great call. Tyler, what about Tough your one. what if? My what if is what if Montreal had stuck with VA after he got after he returned from injury? What if? Oh, dude, I don't know what I, I think we get to be talking about Trevor Harris as the BC quarterback going into the playoffs, which is like kind of wild, which would be like totally, mm. to, totally different vibe about BC if Trevor Harris was there. So I would throw something different in there. Oh, what would you throw in there? I think we'd be talking about Bo Levi Mitchell as the BC quarterback. Mm. Oh. I'm going to hold to that. I'm going to stick to that. Even, even, that if, even with them fighting for the same playoff spot? Well... That's a good point, but I think, you know, I think BC would be willing to give up what, I don't know what it would be worth, but for, they would have given up, you know, a couple of picks and maybe a player for, uh, you know, six games of Bo's services. I think uh, Calgary would have done that rather than lose him free and clear at the end of the season. But being in the division is, is a good, is a good question, is a good thing to lob in there. But I've always felt that if BC, I, I always felt BC kicked themselves a little bit, making the the VA trade, and then a couple weeks down the road, uh, Mayor is solidified as the starter, and there were those tra- uh, trade rumors circling around Bo. But that's my perspective on the issue. Yeah, I just think uh, you know the the VA era sort of ended on a on a whimper. Uh, yes. And I think it would have been interesting to see him back with the team because I don't think Mo- him him playing Montreal misses the playoffs, so he'd be in the playoffs again. And and you know, would, would, well, they aren't going to miss it this year, to be fair. Uh, they, one last ride with VA and, and Gino. So uh, VA is chaos, uh, ca- chaos personified. And I think if he's the quarterback of any team, uh, especially an Eastern team, uh, it's a roller coaster. So he's not a consistent king. No, not as not a chaotic king. That that is yeah, that is not his calling card. So, uh, so we, here's something I'll say just because you brought up Viet, Vernon Adams' name. I like how these what ifs lead to other questions. I don't see Vernon Adams being a number one on any team going into training camp next season, which I could not have believed myself to have said. There are two. There are two at things. At the beginning that, of this year, there are two things that greatly affect that. One is Nathan Rourke coming back to BC next season, and two. Does BC want him VA back next season if, if Rourke isn't going to be there, or do they want him back anyway? Well, I know VA took a restructured deal to come to BC, so I know he's taking less money right now. Um, if I can get the details on that. Um, but no, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I don't see him. 
I don't see him like playing for BC past this season. As odd as that sounds, like I just don't feel like he's like because if Rourke is the comes back, then obviously Rourke's the guy, and if Rourke doesn't come back, I feel like BC tries to make a play for um, one of the free agents uh, in quarter, one of the quarterback free agents uh, not named VA. He's going to be on a roster. He's going to be competing, but I just don't see him as the clear number one going forward. Uh, which is kind of an odd position to be in because I am such a VA fan. But he just is so inconsistent, so inconsistent. And also refuses to use his athleticism, as odd as that is. Like, he should he should be running the ball, I feel, way more often yeah, coming off an, coming than off, he does. Co- coming off an injury, he's not going to do that. But he needs to do that. It's like, uh, it's different than somebody who... You know, like Cody Fajardo, I feel like Fajardo, well, okay, like I think Vernon Adams need to, needs to use his athleticism more like Zach Caleros uses his athleticism, like stretching the pocket, making plays. VA, I think, is just like way too stand in the pocket, get hit. Um, he needs to get outside, get down. I just don't know why he doesn't use that part of his game as much as he should, uh, in my opinion. But, but that's, my, that's my take in that regards. But I like that what if. Uh, I will go with my what if now, which is Jeremiah Masoli centered. Uh, but it takes us back to January 12th, 2022. And it asks the questions, what if Dane Evans did not sign that two-year extension with the Hamilton Tiger Cats? And instead, the Tiger Cats picked Jeremiah Masoli to Ooh. be their guy going forward for the next couple of seasons. I think they'd be in the same position they are. Oh, I think they'd be in a better position. <laughs> I think they'd be in a better position. Who? I think they wouldn't have gone through the QB carousel they went through in the middle of the season with Schiltz and then with Newman and then back to Evans. And I know injuries played a large part in a lot of that, but there was mass confusion there for a few weeks. I don't think they have to deal with that uh, if they're having Masoli in there. So I think he provides stability, and I think they're competing at least for a home playoff game in the East if they stuck with Masoli. Uh, that's my a completely unbiased opinion on the matter. Who is the, in your, your world, is the starting quarterback for the Ottawa Red Blacks? Uh, geez, I see. I didn't think that out, but the assumption would be that they would have gone with Dane Evans, so it would basically just be a flip. Okay. And then, uh, yeah, I don't. So know he, he so he would have gotten knocked out by Garrett. No, he's white. Garrett, he would have been fine. <laughs> <laughs> Garrett Marino, we must. He deserves it. Like we again, can say, Garrett Marino is a racist. We can't say too many bad things about him. Yes, and um, he listens. And he listens to the pod. Hey, Garrett. <laughs> That's right. He actually could. He could care less about the CFL. I don't know if I've mentioned that before. He cares a lot. Long hair, care a little bit. But here's the thing. I was a Masoli truther all of last season. <laughs> um, going into this year, I obviously pledged my a lot of my allegiance in the Eastern Conference, Eastern Division, to the Ottawa Red Blacks. Um, and so I was just pondering when we had this question tossed our way, like what do I think would have been the most interesting difference? And I think that that having Masoli be the quarterback now 
I know there was controversy galore in the 2021 season with that position. They rode with Masoli. He got hurt. He comes back. He's the starter. They bench him right before the playoffs. He then has to come back and play in the Grey Cup. There was ups and downs all around. It was ridiculous. Um, But that being said, I don't think, and I think that this season has shown it, I never felt that there was a massive distinction between the two, uh, Evans and Masoli. Um, And particularly, I thought Masoli is maybe just an ounce better at his peak than Evans is. So I just would have liked to see that play out with Masoli not having to deal with somebody breathing down his neck. That's, That's my take on that. Is it what anybody else got other ones? No, I that was actually a big one for me. Yes. Oh, you know what? All right, what about this one? Yes. This this was one early on. I haven't explored it a lot, but wondering what if Michael Riley doesn't retire? Oh. And you just got Nathan sitting on the pine and we have no idea what this guy's like. <laughs> Do we get a Nathan Rourke season in the CFL or does he go get a, a job this offseason in the NFL? No, I mean, I don't think he gets the workouts without balling out, like, without balling out on the field like he did this season. Hmm. Because, like, what he did on the field this season leaves no doubt, in my opinion, that he should, that he, leaves no doubt that he should get a workout, which yeah. I don't know if that's saying all that much. Um, but, like, I, Again, bring up that it's he never actually got a workout at quarterback in the NFL. Um, so maybe, you know, people see him doing drills and they're like, oh, we should consider it. But with the way he's played, like on the field, I feel like that leaves no doubt. So I don't think you get that with him riding the pine. Yeah, that makes sense. The biggest byproduct of that, what if, Matt, is that maybe the Elks don't get absolutely embarrassed week one <laughs> in BC in front of my face. You know what's wild is is thinking, I, I this came up as I was doing some stat hunting, but I forgot that Michael Riley had led the league in passing yards last year. Yes. Wild. He's an animal. He's the best. No, they were just, they were just losing a lot and had to throw. <laughs> I, think that, I think that was like... <laughs> I, I, just the I, truth. Want, I saw this stat tweeted at the beginning of the season, but I think like the passing yard leader has missed the playoffs like three the last three seasons. Because they usually play on a team that's losing and has to throw a lot. Yeah. No. I mean, this season though, like all the passing yard or like all, all the quarterbacks two, are two yeah. leading passing yard leaders, MBT and uh, Caleros are at the top of their division, so it doesn't hold true this year necessarily, which is interesting. That's also because of the quarterback carousels at most teams and just general true, true. Ge- true, true. the general decline of quarterback play across the league. True, true. Which we've solved how to address that, which is get rid of the negotiation list. Yeah, I hadn't even thought about that. That's a it's great actually call. an idea that was first introduced to me by, by Dave Naylor. And when he tweeted it, it was like, no, the negotiation list actually hurts getting talent up to the CFL. I was like, oh, my God, of course it does. <laughs> and then had I told you, did you guys seen that interview with, I forget, I don't know the name of the podcast, was Zilstra talking about his time in Edmonton? Do you know about this at all? No. 
All right, so what he said, this is a little buy, this is a little, we can have a discussion on the negotiation list. So he was telling this story about how he had gotten offers from three different CFL teams. And he'd been told by each of them, don't mention that we're talking to you at all. Like, don't tell anybody we're talking to you. But after getting three offers, he started, like, feeling himself a little bit. He was like, shit, let me try to get some money out of this. So he tells Edmonton, like, yeah, I've got offers from these other two teams. Like, what can we do with this offer? And they, like, go, like, let me call you back in, like, 10 minutes. And they call back and, like, yeah, you're on our negotiation list now. So you can only negotiate with us. So you can't get more money. I was like, oh, my God. That is so bad. Like, that is so bad in terms of talent recruitment. I couldn't believe that story. But it because, like, I, I was, like, naive. Like, when they first started releasing the negotiation list stuff, I thought it was, like, fun and I thought it was cool. But then you just realize, like, it's just the most meaningless thing in the world. And any of the guys that do come up, they're just kind of being taken advantage of uh, by the list, which is which is just really odd. Said it, said it on the text group. We'll say it again. This isn't like soccer where there's top leagues all over different countries. Even even second leagues in like England and things like that in Germany are actually pretty solid. There's basically two big football leagues. The Canadian Football League should not need the low ball people. Just needs to put a better product on the field and be willing to pay for that product. And fans will be willing to reward that with eyeballs and and butts and seats. Yeah. Just depends on this is something I talk about constantly outside of the the pod, but it, it's it's all about incentives. Are GMs incentivized to put a good product on the field, or are they incentivized to put the quote unquote optimal team together? And the optimal team is, it, it's hard to quantify, but it, it's something paradoxically the best team for the least amount of money, you know, like they're, they're not, type stuff. well, not, not even Moneyball type stuff. Like the Moneyball stuff is how do we win a championship for the least amount of money, right? How do we buy the runs? Yeah. You know, how do we buy this requisite number of runs for our budget? You wonder if a lot of these GMs are more incentivized around there's a minimum barrier where the, the goal is not championship for this dollar, but the goal is 10 and 8, at least 10 and 8, or make the first round of the playoffs for this number, right? So it's not maximizing for a gray cup. It's maximizing for some other bar because the idea being – Maximizing for a gray cup is, um, these are fake numbers, but 150,000 average yes. compensation. Maximizing for a first round playoff berth is 125,000 average compensation. Right. And so, so you just wonder about the incentives for the teams. And it certainly sounds like, um, you know, the neglis plays into that because, you know, I don't. I don't think that there's a world where Brandon Zilstra doesn't get a, an NFL shot. So it's not like if you pay him, you know, 150k his first year, you know, that he's gonna <laughs> he's gonna give up, you know, playing time money, you know, millions yes. of dollars a year in the NFL. That that that's I'm not that naive, but you do start bringing guys up that 
might just try for the NFL for three, four years and then go coach or then go do something else, you might entice them to come up, but that's might not be what the GMs are incentivized to do. Yeah. No, I, and so that's, and that was my point on the abolishment of the negotiation list is, um, you know, I'm a supporter of Canadian talent, but we can all admit how important American players are to the CFL. And I think abolishing the negotiation list allows CFL teams to bring up American players before they've exhausted all their options in the U.S. So I think like, you know, you'll have guys who work out for teams, work out for teams. You know, a Dalton shown he's been on four different practice rosters for varying amounts of times. Well, maybe if like you have, you know, good scouting and you recognize, oh, there's a guy down there who didn't make uh, an NFL team this go round, we can go down and get him. And Schoen would be willing to do that if you were able to guarantee him, say, you know, a uh, hundred grand his rookie year or something like that. Now, you're obviously taking risks on guys that are unproven quantities. Um, but I think that it helps you bring up uh, talented players if you've correctly identified them, as well as bring up maybe more bigger name players that aren't able to catch on uh, down in the NFL um, before they just like sit around and become, you know, like I think that's the issue with like, not that he would have ever been successful, but like the whole Manziel thing. Like, I feel like by the time he stepped foot in Canada, like he was done. Yeah. He was absolutely cooked. And it's like, maybe, I don't know, they get to him a little bit earlier and he's still got some juice less left in him and it's a different story. Uh, who knows? But worth worth thinking about. All right. Does anybody have any other what ifs before we move on? No. No? Let's move on. What if we got listener feedback? How different would the pod be? <laughs> it would be the best pod ever. How many five-star reviews do we have this year? I don't think any. <sighs> We've been working hard. And the fact That's that... If you're no, if you if you came for to the listeners, podcast, they have just added. Um, uh, can you just give us like a thumbs up. They've added reviews to Spotify, which Ooh. they did not have before. So that's now available for you guys. So you go go check it out. Um, is the biggest problem that we're not on YouTube? I'm not saying with our faces, but that the pod is just not. You can, you can't look up like CFL Pod on YouTube. YouTube is just massive. I don't that know is the, not a bad idea. All right, something to think about. But let's move on. <laughs> let's talk about league leaders before we get to week 20 preds. Passing yards leader, MBT, 4,491. Rushing yards leader, we finally MBT, have 1,000 yards. MBT? Rusher. Yeah. Caleros isn't the passing leader anymore? He's not. Oh. Didn't play this week. Oh, whoa. My head Yeah, is... you remember when Drew Brown played? No, I just I just didn't realize that that MBT was so close that he just needed one one week to hop above him. All right. Yeah, I think he was like even, like very close, like yeah. eight yards behind. Yeah. Okay. Yes, very close. Uh, rushing yards leader. I'm going to go carry. off on Winnipeg later, but great. I cannot wait to hear what you have to say about them coming off when they rested their quarterback. Yep. Uh, carries at 1,013 uh, receiving yards. Uh, it is still Dalton Schoen. He's at 1,357. And sacks Lorenzo Malden the fourth at fifteen. Now, 
I went back and pulled some of our predictions from the beginning of the year. If you remember yours, feel free to shout it out. Before Cody Fajardo, passing leader. Okay, correct. I think Matt that was also one picked Will, Fajardo. Willie Stanback, running, no nope. rushing leader. No, nope. we all three Can predicted Carey. Mm. So we might get that right now. Simply because on. Winnipeg just threw in the towel on on their players winning these awards. I'm well, they're not actual awards. Well, there so are words on like the throwing in the towel on it. It's not whatever. like well, whatever. Throwing in the t- but they weren't. Cl- I guess Claros was close, but Claros already is locked. Oliveira, up Oliveira, okay. Oliveira this- is still within ninety yards, but he, he only played. He only rushed the ball three times. Last I week. am very surprised because I was on here maybe a month ago, five weeks ago, saying that Rourke should be MOP. Rourke should be MOP, and in the time since. Like, I've softened that stance because I've just kind of faced reality. But the Rourke versus Caleros MOP debate seems very alive if you pay attention to guys like Marshall Ferguson wrote an article about it. There are a bunch of guys from 3Down writing articles about it. More alive than I would have thought it would be. And that surprises me quite a bit. Like, because... Listen. I, I'm shocked by it. I feel like, obviously, you know, I said what I, I'll say now what I said then. Nathan Rourke is the best player to set foot on a CFL field this year. But I've almost gone back against myself saying, yeah, you can't give like a season-long award to somebody who plays half well, you, the games. Well, you, you, well it's, it's MOP, not MVP. No, I get it. I understand the linguistic difference. <laughs> um, but I'm just shocked. I I I thought, uh, you know, we had a long debate on who should win MOP apart from Caleros. I thought it was that done and dusted. It seems that there's a little bit to it still, which is kind of interesting. Um, just thought you know, I'd throw you, that out there. You know, it's not interesting. N- n- nor is it good for the CFL is having your best team rest as players with three weeks left in the season. Well, technically, it's only two weeks left for them. Okay. Still hate it. Yeah, but what... I mean, you got to respect it, right? They're no. trying to win a Grey Cup. Don't respect it. Okay. Explain. We're, we're, we're a pod that covers the league, and people are paying customers of the league. Go to these games. Don't go to see backup players when they're player. And again... I, I mean, There's the, only a few backups, to be Cal- fair. Calero should be going for the top passer... Olivera should want to be the top rusher. I mean, listen, I don't know what's going to happen over the next two weeks. I'm I'm a little low on Winnipeg's bullshit right now. Oh my god! <laughs> wow. <laughs> All right. Um, and I, so much so that I, I'm very I'm very excited to pre, to do preds for the playoffs when we get to them. If if they continue in this manner for the rest of the season. Uh, okay. If they want to rest their players for a month before the before they play a playoff game, good luck to you. God, Tyler, with some heat. I mean, I I was tricked, but they only did rest Caleros. Yeah, then they pulled. Yeah, Oliveira. Oliveira did basically didn't play. You know, but no, Dal- they, I mean, I'm glad Dalton Schoen just probably said, "I'm playing. I have." I'm going to take yards and touchdowns for receiving. I'm playing. Look, he's not a, He's not coached by a Dickinson. He goes where he's told to go. <laughs> yeah, what is the coach going to do? Tell him to not go in the game. <laughs> that would be good. I'd like for like 
Scatch to get like a 13 man, 13 men on the field penalty. And for Dickinson to be like, what am I going to do? Tell him to not go in the game. He wanted to play. Um, anyway, I'll finish up this real quick. Receiving yards, we were all pretty off, uh, except for Tyler, who picked Gino. Matt, you picked Duke, who's been hurt often. I picked Reggie Bagleton, who just quite hasn't got there. Now, this one we were all off on, because unfortunately our friend A.C. Leonard uh, only has three sacks this year. <sighs> And he's been plagued by injuries. Old air conditioning, old air conditioning, Leonard. I predicted that this gentleman would have 17 sacks this season. <laughs> he has three, but I will say, with Malden the leader at 15, I was right that 17 would be the right number to win it. So in a way, I was onto something. Yeah, that's good. I mean, how could we not pick AC Leonard in his stock photo for Scat? Dude, he literally has grills in. It seemed obvious at the time. Look at his biceps. I mean, just come on. It it it, it was a logical pick. I don't. I, I I'm not. I don't regret. I, don't, I, regret, I regret nothing. Another right. One last thing before we move into Preds, just because I think this is funny. All right. Have you all noticed on Twitter as well that like the Sean Lemon for Defensive Player of the Year talk is alive and well? Oh, very alive, dude. I feel like I was ahead <laughs> of the game on that. I think you were. Incredibly you were. cutting edge incredibly cutting edge this podcast if you want to hear it second go to twitter if you want to hear it first listen to the shups and preds podcast that's all i have to say with that being said we move to week 20 predictions we've got a few things this week edmonton's playing their final game we have the first of back-to-backs between ottawa and hamilton and montreal and toronto Eastern playoff positioning is still to be settled, and we do have a few clinching scenarios up for grabs this season, this week. First, with a BC win or a Calgary loss, BC clinches second place and hosts the Western semifinal, which I've heard like Calgary players are actually preferring. So I don't know how they're going to manage that, but that would be hilarious if they throw the final game or something just so they don't have to play in Calgary. Um, that would be wild. Why? I, I, they want to play understand. in a dome. Oh. <laughs> I, I know. I doesn't BC have to play outside? Like, I don't know, they're playing the They same just place. want to play. I, dude, I know. I've, just, so the just, person who's been like, I don't know. it's hotter than hell in Washington. So I don't know what it's like yeah, in, it's, in it's, Calgary. It, it, you're right. We have a. A hot, a hot August or a hot October here in the. Oh Pacific my lord! The, the highs of the thirties this weekend. Ugh, it's horrible. Anyway, <laughs> uh, Toronto, a Toronto win, clinches first place in the East. They'll host. They'll host the Eastern final, and a Hamilton win plus a Scatch loss means that Hamilton clinches third place and will play in the Eastern semifinal. So some big, big clinching scenarios going into this week. The first game on the slate is Ottawa at Hamilton. Um, there's a lot to play for in this one. It is not the game of the week. Wait, is opinion. that right? With the, the Sketch, can't Hamilton lose their last two and Sketch win their last? So what did you... What, what, what did you say? If Hamilton wins and Sketch loses, yes, then it's over. Then it's over. I'm yeah. <laughs> Forget it. 
Forget I said anything. Did I? Did I say? No, something you were wrong? right. You were right. Okay. All right. Just edit this out. No worries. So, Matt, give us the current Preds pool standings. Yes. All right. Currently, Peter had huge last few weeks, and is still behind Tyler. <laughs> No, it was actually uh, over the last... So we'll do an update for weeks um, 17, 18, and 19. Uh, actually, the best record over that span was me. Wow. Love it. Uh, Tyler and Peter both went 7 and 5. John, you went 6 and 6. Ugh. We're all, we're all clustered, though. Not, not not bad. It's been pretty wild, actually, the last few weeks. That's pretty good. Well, I, I'm doing my best to, to crawl out of the hole, but I don't know if it's going to be possible. Uh, Tyler, you're still in the lead. 47 and 26, a great record. And then Peter is Peter is in striking distance. He's at 45 and 28. That is striking distance. Uh, John, you are not in striking distance. 41 and 32. And that's, then that's bad. I am at 34 and 37. You're, that's you're, bad. You're, you're gonna be five you're gonna be above 500 by the end of the season. Book it. So that's bad. All right. Well, with that said. Tyler, you're Sorry, first. 36 and 37. My bad. I, I oh, well, match. then you're definitely going to be above 500 by the end. So, yeah, you're fine. I'm getting there. You're fine. You're fine. All right, Tyler, who's going to win this one? I'm going with a Hamilton Tiger Cats. Okay. Because Ottawa has gotten, yeah, I guess, are they, they're not officially eliminated? No, they're eliminated. Okay, well, then they got nothing to play for other than Pride and Hamilton actually has. Well, I something. guess that's not true. They could win their last two. They I guess they're not officially eliminated. Jeez. Okay. Oh boy. Um, now nah, Hamilton's gonna Hamilton's gonna see this one out. Uh, I like Hamilton. They made Sketch look bad because Sketch are bad, um, and that's what a good team does. Uh, they're not a good team, but they will be a team that scrapes by and beats the war- and beats the second worst team in the league. Yes. <laughs> All right. Peter Boylo. He is taking the Hamilton Tiger Cats, and I am taking the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Um, now, even though uh, Ottawa is not eliminated, eliminated, they would have to win twice, have Scatch lose twice, so that seems like a long shot. Um, Hamilton did win the only matchup of these two teams when they played back in July, 25-23. Uh, but the reason, and we say it often here, is Hamilton is the better team. Yep. They may not show it, but yep. they just pulled one out of their ass against Calgary. They got lucky and are able to control their own destiny now. Um, and I think that that shoots you know, a little bit of life into them. They realize that they're fortunate and they, they take advantage of that, that chance they have and they, they start to seal that playoff deal. Also, I will take this time to point out, Nick Arbuckle has low-key been balling over the last few games. Give me over some stats. Last, over the last three games, you ready for this? I'm ready for it. 79% completion percentage. It's quite good. 287 yards per game, three Very touchdowns, good. one interception. Now, sort of balling, and the sort of is that they are one and two over that stretch. And the sort of uh, balling is the only three touchdowns in three games. Yes. Uh, but that's not bad. Like, I've been watching him the last few weeks, uh, particularly the last two against Montreal. If you're an Ottawa fan, you should have low expectations anyway, so it is pretty good. No, but I've been, I've been like, this guy's, this guy's, he's not done. He's not, you know, he's not gonna, 
slide into a backup position without putting up a fight. So uh, that's all I'll say about that. Matt, who do you pred in this matchup? I'm liking the Ottawa Red Blacks. Oh, I, love it. <laughs> I love it. Okay. Okay, maybe right. you, maybe you the, won't get back to 500. The Hamilton Tiger Cats did show a lot of resilience against a uh, very good uh, Calgary Peter team. Uh, picked off Jake Mayer three times. Um, and he's not known to be a schlub behind the center there. So I'm going to say that Hamilton gets it done. Okay. Boom. Jake Mayer. Interesting. I don't know if he's – I don't know, man, you know. I consider putting Bo in these next couple weeks. You are <laughs> such a wanker. No, you see – don't, 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 don't. don't. You, you were so close there, Tyler. You could have just let it just let it lie. You could have just said nothing, and we would have moved on to the next game. So we've got a sweep for Hamilton in that one. We move on to the final Elks game of the season. Uh, BC is coming to town. Um Trey Ford's back in the lineup. Uh, Taylor Cornelius had a spleen injury that put put him in the hospital um, after a collision with Enoch Mwamba uh, on Saturday. So hopefully Cornelius is doing better um, and resting up. Um, Peter, since it's his turn to go first, will be picking the BC Lions. Um, and I will also be picking the BC Lions. Um, last week... And oh, did I! He did was it again, Tyler. Oh, this guy. What? You just you abandoned your squad again? No, I'm yes, not abandoning did. anybody. Yes, they're you playing did. with a quarterback that hasn't played in like ten weeks. What's that? A... You don't believe? No, I don't believe. But I know you abandoned them again. Listen, I'm you, not you out here saying my like, favorite you player. Like, oh, I'm safe now. I'm not in the pre- I'm not in the bread pool. I can finally go back to my team. No, no. But now they really started to embarrass you. And they, you uh, to... No, they didn't embarrass me. They played their absolute guts out against the Argos. And I, I really, I mean, obviously the game against Montreal, I, I felt that they were going to win that one. Um, but, you know, that was close. This one, I was really like, oh, my God, they're going to win this game. They're going to win this game. Just because the Argos just like weren't scoring touchdowns, classic Argos move. They kept kicking field goals, and I was like, "Oh my god!" And then obviously they didn't win. Uh, of course not. Why would they? Um, but unfortunately, Edmonton goes another season without a home win. I think, and BC gets the job done. Uh, I don't think BC for putting up forty points and beating Winnipeg. I don't think they were incredibly impressive. On Saturday, I do like that they went back to the run game with Butler, uh, getting 7.4 yards per carry and working that aspect of that. Obviously, the passing game was garbage. Uh, Unfortunately, VA was 13 to 22 for 138 yards, but didn't turn the ball over, uh, which the Winnipeg Blue Bombers did. But I don't make this pick. I'm not confident in BC particularly, uh, but... I think, obviously, Edmonton's kind of stinking a little bit. So, I think BC gets it. And now I'll relinquish my time. You're the worst fan in the world. Oh, my God. I listen, feel like listen, I, listen, listen, John. I got this heat last year for the Cody, for the, feel, for the Cody no, stuff. See, it's, what you did oh, was actually stop. bad. 
No, what it's you not. did was actually God. bad. You, guys almost... you got a cameo from a gentleman. <laughs> All you did was talk about how much you love Cody Fajardo. And then we ask you who your favorite player is, and you're like, oh, Stand William Stanback. That was, yeah, that is that was that was worse Okay, let, let, me, fi- let me let me finish. I, I liked at the time, I liked Cody more as a human being and a person <laughs> and as a as a as a football player. And just didn't appreciate his game. Yeah, his game stinks. Guy is washed. <laughs> <laughs> there may be some truth to that. Uh, we'll get to that in a bit. Matt, who is winning this showdown in Edmonton? Don't do it. Yeah, Matt. between Trey Ford getting the start and BC still looking for a home playoff spot, I think uh, BC does it. Yes. Ba doesn't play like he knows that they have they have a shot at a home playoff spot. Like uh, he certainly isn't, is not. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't know it by his play that, that they have a chance at one. But uh, I do think that this is more a case again of a game where one team is just too bad to pred. Um, I mean the way the way that the way that Edmonton gave away that game against Toronto uh, in the last. Three and a half minutes is disgust was dis, is disgusting. It was um, not good. Uh, I'm happy as somebody who likes Toronto and my favorite East team, and I, as somebody who uh, has kind of stand them and, and predated them. But God, what a that should not happen. This should not happen. Can't have it. Can't have it. It, it. Toronto was off all night, and then you just let them score 14 points right at the end, nip it right at the end. Absolutely tragic. You can't have it. They're throwing in a classic Toronto performance, just refusing to score touchdowns. Everything was coming together. Everything, uh, yeah. and, and they and they blew it. So uh, yeah, g- give me give me BC. Uh, the defense looks terrible against Winnipeg when it really the should not. Looks fine. You really think the defense looked terrible against Winnipeg? They gave up 325 yards passing to Drew Brown. Yeah, to but Drew, I felt like... They to, had... Drew, to, to Drew... To, I'm going to say that again. To Drew Brown. Yeah, Rashid, they held them Rashid, to 3.7 yards per carry on 20 great, carries. Great. So that's because... That's, that's, listen, their special teams won them the game. Let's just... It, it is a... There are three phases of every game. Okay. It's not like the Winnipeg special teams were slubs themselves. No, they were good. I mean, you had Janarian Grant busting off a few. But, uh, I mean, yes. Okay. BC, BC dodged one there with how bad VA was that game, with how good special teams was. Uh, Terry Williams. Uh, the other Ter- Terry Williams. Terry Williams. Shout out Terry Williams. What a, Some great returns. Really. Yes. yes. So... And and Sean White, uh, shout out Sean White, four four. Mark Leggio, by the way, Ooh. Ooh. It, it is getting to the point where we have to consider that Leggio is going to cost the Blue Bombers a playoff game. Oh, should we give the people some some stats? Should I give them some stats on? on if you Leggio? got stats, give stats. Uh, well, he was one for four on Saturday. Hold on, give me. Let me get my stats machine here. Uh, for the season. He is so he's on the number one offense in the league. Uh, he is currently sitting in seventh in the kicking, so that's that would be made field goals, uh, and it's not good. 30, 31 of thirty-eight. He's not asked. That's not a good percentage. No, for that's him. not a good percentage for him. And he he's missed. He was the reason they lost to Montreal. Um, obviously, you go one for four in this one. Uh, he's missed some key kicks. Uh, yeah. 
it's 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 not great for Mr. Legs. And it's not been great in key games. He's cost them games. Yes, yes. It's not good. It's not good. Um, let's move on. Game of the week. Who could be more excited? Toronto at Hamilton. Or, sorry, Toronto at Montreal. It's big. Uh, big. It's huge. First of a, a doubleheader, like I said. Uh, currently, the Argos are ahead by two games. So Montreal's got to get both of these in order to draw level with Toronto at the end of the season um, and get that first seed in the East. I am going to pick the Montreal Alouettes uh, for the main reason that I think that they will be able to score more points than the Toronto Argonauts. Uh, I've said it once or twice on this show uh, today alone. Uh, but Toronto just does not score touchdowns. Uh, again, they're at the bottom of the league. Uh, they're, they're second to last in offensive touchdowns. They've only scored 28 this season. Um, I just don't think I can trust them. Um, yeah, and that's, that, that's my takeaway. They, they can gain a lot of yards. They get it done through the air. MBT's, you know, leading the league in passing yards. They just settle for too many field goals. Um, and so I think Montreal scores touchdowns and wins the game. Oh, it's me. That's Matt. No, it's me uh, now. Uh, I agree that Montreal is going to win. I think they're looking good offensively, especially with the uh, what, get what Willie stand back back. And defensively, they've what? <laughs> Tyler, it's like having a conniption over there. What's the deal? Okay. Tyler. Listen, boys, it's a rough morning for me. <laughs> I thought Matt's reasoning was starting to be sound. Yeah, but there's a big button there and that their defense stinks. Oh, okay. That is, that, that's certainly one of the takes a person can have. Their secondary is genuinely bad. I don't believe that is the case. All right. C- Caleb Evans or excuse me, Nick Arbuckle going 28 of 36 on you this season. I know he's on this alleged heater, John pointed out. I don't know if heater was the right word. He's playing not terrible. But he should not. He does not play like that against really anybody this season. Montreal a, Montreal secondary isn't bad most of the season. They give, they've given up, you know, the, they give up the fourth fewest passing yards per game. They stink. They do stink. They commit a lot of penalties, and they can stink. Um, but Toronto doesn't score touchdowns, um, and you need to do that to win games. Mm-hmm. Um, the only touchdowns they scored against Edmonton, the great DeVaris Daniels got one, and then you have that A.G. Ouellette, which I still think the Elks let him score. Mm. Uh, he went in too easy. But anyway, Tyler, it seems like you're going to have a different pred than us. Yes, Toronto. Come on now. Ooh. It is tell me the... why, tell me why. Uh, it is Toronto because they have better players, they play defense more consistently, and they find ways to win games despite the fact that they don't score touchdowns. So they are 10-6, and six, give them their due, they find ways to win games. Uh, they are going to win this game. And that's all there is to it. How much do you think they're going to win by? Six. Very interesting. 
With that being said, Peter, sorry, Peter is picking the Toronto Argonauts. So we're split right down the middle on that one. And now we get to, is it is it the Saskatchewan funeral? It's the funeral. Calgary at Skatch. Uh, Skatch is still in it. Skatch is still in it. Um, Theoretically, but, yes. Well, I mean, I think there's a clear path. They have to beat Calgary twice. Mm. But, then, but then there's, I mean, I can see. They don't have to beat Calgary twice. They have to beat Calgary once and hope that Hamilton loses twice. Is, is Calgary, yes. are, is no, Calgary, right, has Calgary already announced I'm that saying, Mayer is out? Is Mayer out? Is, is he not playing or something? No. Okay, because there seems to be something broken on my computer because TSN is saying that Calgary is only a one and a half point favorite against Saskatchewan. That can't be right. Well, Calgary uh, Saskatchewan just... has a little guy known as Cody Fajardo on the roster. <sighs> but uh, I, no, player. I guess I was thinking I th- I can see a likelihood that Ottawa and Hamilton split their series, and so in that case. Uh, Sketch would them winning twice would secure them, but yes, they don't have to do that. Um, okay, Tyler, Matt, you are kicking us off with this pred. Tell us what you feel, what you think is going to happen. Originally, I did put Sketch, but then I remembered what I talked about uh, back in week eighteen that their game against Hamilton was symbolically and in terms of standings it that was the game yes. and they couldn't do it and it wasn't even like hamilton played all that well just scats just wasn't moving they scored 14 points this is the cfl <laughs> you've got to score more than that <laughs> got to score more points even just as a matter of principle you don't have to score more points you know to win a game all the time but just for just to yes. save face i thought you were going to say on a morals from morals like, in a way yes like you you have some sort of you have a duty to the league and to your fans to score more than 14 points and to god above and to god above. and i mean and it's just it's it's not like it brings me no pleasure to announce yeah that sketch is dead okay. but yes they're dead Tyler, what's They're dead. Up? They're dead. They're DOA. I'm done. Dickinson out. Cody out. I want regime change. It's time to time to scrap whatever project they think they have going on with this team currently. Um, I'm out. I mean, the team is the team has given up. Uh, the coach tells them that they're bad. They play bad. They are bad. And for that reason, the Saskatchewan Rough Rider season ends this weekend. 1 a.m. 1 a.m. Sunday night, Central European time. I love that. All right. Peter is picking the Stampeders as well. You know who I'm picking. Obviously, I'm picking Calgary. I'd like to talk about the news that came out today that Cody Fajardo was afforded a vet day, a veteran rest day. Oh, I thought it was a day to take his dog to the... Like, in order, to the, I, was, I, no would have th- I would have thought that a more acceptable reason, Tyler. If Dave Dickinson had said Cody had to take his pet iguana to the vet, I would have said, <laughs> perfect. That is acceptable. But no. And I tweeted this, but I just want to repeat. They're coming off a bye week. Your legs should be damn well under you by now, okay? You have lost five straight games. 
you're heading into a must win at home and you're giving people veteran rest days it's amazing i've i feel like that is not i i just i was shocked when i saw that almost to the point that i did not believe i was like no that he is lying there's so something what, more to so this. what is it if it's i don't know I don't is know, it but it, it seems Cody it came seemed, in with a bad attitude to no, practice. I don't think that would be it. Craig sent him home. No, 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 no. I I don't think that would be it because like, but like, it, it it's so like, I don't know. I believe it is the veteran rest day, but I feel like that only highlights like them just not really getting what's going on out there this season. Like as we talked about earlier in the episode, all these things with their dysfunction. Like, if, if I was Cody Fajardo, I would almost not ex- accept a veteran rest day. I would feel that they need every single possible second on the field together. Again, they've lost five straight games. This was shocking news. Absolutely I shocking. I, I, I think it, it is shocking on its face, but then you think that, oh, Sketch is dead. You're like, yeah, okay, who gives a shit? Like, Cody can go hang out. He's got a young kid. You know, maybe he just he wanted to spend some time at home. No. You know, after the, the bye week. No. Yeah, after the bye week. <laughs> Dude, that's like but people who, like, know, take no, the like, Monday I, after a vacation. after a no, vacation Sketch is dead. Off. Sketch is dead. It doesn't, it's it's not like if they gave everyone the day off of practice. Yes. Sketch is dead. It, that, that was everything the, they do must be viewed was, through the lens of Sketch is dead. So if they let my their office. starting quarterback yes. take a day off just for fun, it's because Sketch is dead. Get his legs under him. I was shocked. I sent him. I read that and was like, "You've you've got to be kidding me." That was some of the worst news I've ever seen. That really made me upset. Because <laughs> I just feel like, dude, if you're gonna go down, go down swinging, unloading the arsenal. Lay everything out on the line. Don't just be like, yeah, we got to make sure our legs are under us, you know, down the stretch. It's like there is no stretch. There is Saturday. Like, let's get, like, let's gear up and play on Saturday. Because if we lose that, there's nothing after it. Um, Anyway, I was, I was very upset about that. I don't, I don't want to address that any longer. So Matt, please talk to us about fantasy football. Okay, all right. Well, unfortunately for Jaboy, it, it's it's over, and now the the quest is it's to not over. It's 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 over. The quest is now to hold on to second place. So, uh, Tyler, you had a, a great week. Um, unfortunately, yeah, Brady Oliveira got pulled, but um, seventy nine point two. Great being relative. I mean, that's a solid week for can anybody. I, can I can I say something real quick? You may. It is very disappointing that I've because this is a this is a rotisserie style league as for those who speak fantasy. Um, I have missed out on two of my receivers' best weeks of their season. Now, granted, one wasn't really on my roster and playing Rashid Bailey, but I also missed. I for, now that we're getting down to the end of the season, you start you start thinking about players that have just massive games that were sitting on your bench. <laughs> James Butler's week one, like 50 burger that he put up, uh, and Rashid Bailey's. I, think, I don't recall that. He put up a massive, maybe it wasn't 50, but it was like. No, I'm 50. joking. He's being. Yeah. I'm joking. He's being. I, it's, it's, it's so early, and I'm so hungover. 
like no, you just, don't you, worry about it. Don't worry about it. You're, you're, you're taking the low fruit. Uh, and then I missed out on Rashid Bailey, and I probably would have put in uh, stand back if I knew that Bailey really wasn't going to actually play. Uh, so that was frustrating for me because I think I could have had a, a a much better week and at least got a realistic shot at maybe catching John. But I, yeah, I'm missing out on the the Bailey and the the Butler week. That's like just 70 to 80 points sitting right there. But I will say, to be fair with Rasheed Bailey, like the season he's had. Terrible. He has not had, he hasn't had over five receptions in a game. I have to play I have to play him now when he plays next week. And then he gets 11. He had not had a 100-yard game this season, and he goes for, you know. So I feel like there was no way you could have predicted him dropping the game he did on do, Saturday. Do you think that him and uh Clara's just not on the same page and they put in the back he put in the backup and it's just like where where's No, this, I think there was a lot been? to be said about him moving to wide out from the slot, so not able to utilize the waggle. Yeah. Um, and how that's kind of changed up his game and maybe that changes up who Caleros prefers to throw to. But anyway, Matt, continue. Uh, John, you were uh, right behind uh, Tyler in the weekly at 74.8. Kind of a down week, very average across, except for Tim White, 22.6. Saved me. Yeah, and then I over was 62.4, so not a terrible week. I really thought I was – I did not know that Nick Dembski was going to play. So that's that's on me. Um, I don't have uh, a vacation with my wife to blame this week. Uh, so that was just <laughs> that was just my B. Um, and I had uh, Greg McRae. And then uh, Malik Henry was also out. And Eugene Lewis snapped his touchdown streak. Uh, so my actually, uh, my, BC scored two defensive touchdowns. Uh, so I got 18 points out of them. That's pretty and That's nice. what really saved my biscuit and kept me a mere... I gotta do my math again. Uh, Eleven point eight points in front of Tyler. Fourteen nineteen to fourteen oh seven. John, I feel like you're in a very healthy place. I don't know if you're catchable because you're at fourteen eighty one point two, which puts you um, seventy four points ahead of Tyler. Yeah, I just you so can't. I don't think there's just thirty five points average over. More I have that 30, 37 points we have average to, over two weeks. That's just it. You would, you, Tyler, you would have to have two insane weeks. I have to have the one fifteen. The what? The what? The one? Yeah, the one fifteen. You would have to really lay an egg. So yeah, I think the excitement is for that second place. Now, I'm, I'm so uh, scared, if I don't get though. second place, I am I'm so scared though. No way. Oh, Come dude, on, I am, real. dude. You, dude, I've dropped like a 35 this year. So I just don't want to drop like... No, you haven't. Your lowest is... Listen, if, if you have a week... 44. Like if, 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 44, if, if, 44 if, right, if Matt right. and I put up like what I did last week, like a 115, and you score a 60, then you... Like, if you repeat yeah. week 18, then you should be nervous because then true, it true. will... True, true. But, but I just don't see... It's really hard to know who to pick right now in terms of players. Mm-hmm. Uh, with with everything people like the Brady Oliveira thing was like what a waste like I could have I could have grabbed another you know 10 12 points from Willie Stan yeah. back there so it's like it's just really hard I to will pick, say pick you, a roster he, right now you guys are both going to be adversely affected by Winnipeg having a bye week yeah Dalton Schoenberg are going to play um, for me and no Caleros is out 
Oliveira, Dembski. Yeah, so that alone is going to give me a little bit of breathing room, which will be nice. Which will be very nice. Uh, you know, but I just want to get the job done. It's coming down to it. We got two more weeks of fantasy left. I just don't want to. Uh, I just don't want to fumble it at the can, one. I don't want to have to. Can I pick a replacement for, for Jalen Acklin? Uh, I think he's getting back into practice, so I don't mm-hmm. think so. Not yet. Okay. If he doesn't play this week, then yes. Okay. All right, but yeah, I'm looking at the standard deviations here, and it does look like I'm probably going to win. Knock on wood, uh, but it's not guaranteed, and thus. I will not. I will not celebrate until that final clock hits zero at the end of week twenty-one. All right, guys. Do we have anything else to tell these people before we pop off uh, and let them enjoy their week of CFL football? Okay. Uh, no. Anybody? Just, uh, it's been Anybody? a great. Uh, excited for uh, the end of the season. Uh, excited for the playoffs, but we're getting down to it. Really getting down to it. This has been a great, great season. Yes, uh, lots of ups and downs. Um, so I'm excited to see how it goes. And, and I you, think if, the if most would, exciting if, thing I can say is, with two weeks left, there are more than legitimate questions to be asked about who is going to win the Grey Cup. And I really think that's all you can ask for. So, Tyler, do you have a final thing to say? Yeah, if you want to laugh, go look up what yeah, James Corden. Oh and, yeah, James Corden's a really bad person. But, it's, but, it's, but it's hilarious to the because James Corden, we podcast. all we all hate we all hate him. So I bet he doesn't listen to the pod. That's the it. problem is that people are like, you just you just don't have to watch James Corden. So it's not like Michael Jackson or Kevin Spacey, where it's like, oh, there's a lot of great stuff, but how do you separate the art from the artist? It's like he's terrible. You don't have to watch him. He's not funny. You don't have to deal. You know, there's no question here. You just move on. You just you just move on with your life. That is some food for thought. <laughs> listener, tell us how you feel about the James Corden situation in the listener feedback. Send that Twitter at Shups and Preds. And we will address that in the next episode. Uh, but with that being said, peace out. Peace out.